Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast, Sport and Life. How are you doing? It is Friday, the 2nd of April. Got a little bit chilly, the weather, but it is sunny today in Cheltenham here in the west of England, which is nice. Just recording this ahead of a Friday shift on Sky News covering the sport. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations threatening to join Jason Briggs, the lead man at Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV for a game of football soon with his AFC Cheltenham team, at least a training session, been jogging, but playing football again, that sprints, the recovery, the twisting and turning, that'll be a new thing, but I'm looking forward to trying to do that and hopefully get down there. I think they're playing Bishop's Cleave, which is a village just in the north of, of Cheltenham town. Uh, so I hope you're well. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are looking to optimise your immunity, Remember, the podcast has an association with a food-based supplement company not far from here in the west of England, the village of Hanley Swan, the company being called Cytoplan, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N. The website is cytoplan.co.uk, and I'm certainly a big advocate of their multivitamin, vitamin. If you're American or Australian, you would probably refer to it as, but its foundation formula is the original multivitamin that they offered. Then it's been built upon with Immune Complete during the pandemic. <clears throat> which contains things like selenium and zinc, of course, your vitamin C, vitamin D, more than your recommended daily amount, although the light sunlight is improving, probably still to get boost if we're uh, staying indoors most of the day when the sunlight is out there. That UV type 2, I think, is the type UV rays that is important for synthesizing vitamin D in the body, but it's certainly in this immune complete range from Cytoplan, and you can get a 10% discount ongoing, I believe 30% off your initial purchase with the discount code at cytoplan.co.uk of Draper10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. So hope you're well. A man who's uh, been through turbulent times, bereavement, was made redundant during the pandemic era in the early stages, like a lot of people, and I'm finding a lot of stories as well, counterpoints of people who've had positive experiences, but those people generally have been able to maintain employment and income. But Ash Loveridge, journalist, long-standing repute in Stroud, was made redundant in the early stages of the pandemic, briefly got a job at Forest Green, which is the club he's tended to be on a beat report for, but he was working in, in publicity, public relations, PR, press department, did not enjoy that switch from being the journalist to being more on the, the side of the, the club. But not that he's not, uh, not on the side of the club, but you know what I mean, more objective as a journalist. Uh, he's now started a new project of his own, Stroud Times, which is an online news source, stroudtimes.com. I'm really interested to get his thoughts because he seems to be gathering steam and the importance of local news, local information and community, I suppose, in the pandemic has been reaffirmed as we've all had to stay so local in the large part. I've travelled to London for work at Sky Studios, but for the most part, we've been local local community concerned about local businesses all kind of threading together seeing people in the street on our very regular walks as our only activity we've been able to do for large chunks of the past 12 months and it's really cool to, to get his sense of that and the changing shape of the media which seem to be going away from local maybe as a one-man band or ash with a few contributors can can generate something of significance and substance to the community of stroud and i'm sure he can talented guy and a guy who believe deeply in that part of the world as well so here he is uh, forest green aficionado fine journalist of uh, of many years standing it is uh, the one and only ash loveridge 
Ash Loveridge, the new Zoom aficionado uh, expert guru. How are you doing? I'm okay, Ed. Yeah, we're just saying that I was uh, certainly a Zoom virgin when the last time we spoke, but yeah. I'm, I'm well on it now, Ed. Well on it. Well, we've been for- <laughs> we've been forced kicking and screaming into the uh, 21st century, haven't we? Into 2020, 2021, because um, we've had to do this to, to get by. But I'm looking forward. I'm sure you are to more sort of in-person interviews and conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been totally different. Uh, like you said, uh, not being able to do it and doing people like Mark Cooper, Forest Green Manager via Zoom is odd. And I think we maybe get more out of them in a bizarre way, because when it's my turn to speak after BBC Radio Gloucestershire's Paul Fairley, it's kind of, hi, Mark. Hi, Ash. It's sort of <laughs> a bit like, it's, it's, it's different. we greet each other like you would on a, maybe a telephone call. But That's interesting. Yeah, very so you don't feel more trepidation than that you're going to be cut off or they're going to mute you or something like that when you're doing those Zoom press conferences? Because sometimes for the Premier yeah. League ones, I wonder if there's sort of a remoteness that maybe enables them to, to dodge some tricky questions sometimes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I've probably gone in a bit harder this season, actually, because mm. you can't chase me down the corridors after when we've uh, come out of the press press area. But no, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cer- certainly different. In fact, we um, on 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 my website with the the new website paper mm. that I've uh, online thing that I've started, um, we actually have the Zoom interviews recorded by the club, and then the club send them to me, and I've chosen to put them out there so the oh, fans nice. the fans can log on and watch them and they've gone down really really well ed people like it because they they can see a bit of the bit more of the human side of all of us i yeah. think and um, the other day we were sent one that was unedited yeah. uh they normally edited it and probably a poor poor part on my part i just put it out thinking it had been edited and it was completely unedited (laughs) what what, do you say you mean unedited do you mean they were editing the best answers and stuff out or was it just topping no no sorry no just um no they they don't i mean mean, they they clip it together so there isn't bits of me sort of saying where's coops you know oh i see what you mean yeah uh, Yeah. so it's done as a nice package but this time this one was completely unedited um so you had stuff like Mark Cooper sitting down and saying, where the hell's Ash? We can't start without Ash. And all of that ran through it. And when I first first played it, I thought, oh gosh, I've made my site look completely unprofessional. Um, real, but, it's real, yeah, isn't it? But Ed, Ed, the fans loved it. Yeah. They, they felt they saw, saw a different side. I mean, there was even a bit, I was doing it from a, um, a, a garden cafe outside, because I popped into, interview uh the cafe manager about returning after covid and getting ready and how covid's affected him but i did say to him can you give me 10 minutes in the garden because i've got to do a press conference as well <laughs> but Brilliant. um but but there was a bit when chris stokes came on the uh, forest green captain and mm. i just about wrapped up my final question and i looked across the road where i parked not very legally and oh, i could no. see a traffic warden heading that way yeah. And I said to Chris, Chris, I'm going to have to cut you now because I'm just about to get a ticket. And it was just lots of laughter and lots of chuckles. <laughs> but obviously that came out on the video as well. But yeah, it, yeah people really embraced it. So uh, 
it's, do you ever play your bloopers? Do you ever play your bloopers? Well, the podcast is funny actually. Um, I'm yeah. pretty much just yeah. I the, the thing that attracted to me is probably as a lazy technophobe was to just yeah. top and top and tail the podcast, put it out, not go through it, and because mm. I had that background in TV and, and commercial radio where it was all about yeah. editing clips and, and sound bites and, and trying to make it polished. Actually, the appeal to me in technology has been, and, and I think it's probably maybe people say it's hyperbole, but I think. The podcast mm. format or the YouTube format of interview or whatever you call it, just extended yeah. interview it, for me has been yeah. probably the best thing to come out of the internet. I think social media mm. really up for debate. I was actually listening to a podcast with a socio psychologist, Israeli guy, but I think he's based in the States professor now has written on happiness and he was saying that um, depression has reached unparalleled, unprecedented levels in US mm. teenagers, it's dropped 30% in five years or increased 30% in, in five years, which was unheard of. It used to just shift 1%, whatever sure. sort of mental health stats. So I think, and they've correlated that to the ascendancy of social media and the prevalence of them being constantly in communication with classmates and things like that. So I think there's mm. there's been real challenges to it. There are positives to social media as well, but I think I've loved podcasts. It's, I started doing one at Absolute Radio too, doing the boxing one at Sky, which was more polished. We had opening titles, we had some you know, scripted bit at the top and things like that. But generally it was just a free form conversation. And I think that's actually is appealing to people. And what the epiphany that's come through, particularly if it's an audio only podcast is that I think people are happy with a, a natural conversation. And maybe we're missing conversation, particularly the last year. So if we hear people having a natural sort of dialogue, it's more appealing than maybe something sort of very exact and, and clinical but, and sterile. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely concur with that. And this sort of unabridged approach seems to, work for me it's a little bit like the other day I was sitting in my sitting room and I could hear some people talking out on the street and mm. you naturally want to earwig because you think their conversation is mm. going to be quite fascinating in fact it didn't turn out to be that way but, <laughs> um, so but I kind of think you know us two chatting like this people want to hear two people having a natter really yeah yeah, well, I want to probably hear you, Ash. I'm going to be too self-aggrandizing well, about myself, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think there's a, there is a, there is a naturalness to it. I think that people find appealing, yeah. isn't it? Because we didn't have much of that growing up. As maybe there were a couple of news programs, I suppose, like Panorama, where people had interviews. Yeah. But it was mm. also that could be quite combative, couldn't it? If you had a news journalist mm. sort of bashing a politician, I'm not sure what necessarily came out of that because they'd always interrupt them, and that sort of aggressive style of format mm. was was what we saw as an extended interview. But maybe. There's something sure. to be said about a conversation. And I think the internet's given that, obviously, that infinite space where you can run things like this and, and people can mm -hmm. like it or dislike it. There's always, a, you know, I worked in Sky Sports Digital for years before yeah. joining Sky Sports News and still do bits for digital. And they still got prevailing sort of paradigms of thought, which are like, well, people's attention spans, five, 10 minutes, just, you know, hit clip it up, quick, short answers. But actually, I think maybe, you know, democratization of the internet is actually some people might want that and they might, and, and some of us might want that in different situations, but there are times when we want, when we're cooking a, a longer form or when we're driving or whatever it may be. And it doesn't matter if you listen to 20 minutes and then listen to it again later, or, you know, 20 minutes is enough for you. I think there's still people who maybe want longer. So why not give them that as well? So do you think as we're slowly crawling out of uh, COVID and possibly back to normal, but it's going to, be a new normal i i personally chat to friends about it i think life is now 100 changed and it will as we move on I, I spoke to a friend who's a airport taxi driver the other yeah. day and yeah. he said his business will never ever be the same because mm. of what's happened because these these high-flying business people have realized that 
they actually don't have to get on a plane. Yeah. No. Yeah. They can do it from home. And he said he's noticed a huge drop. You know, he's gradually getting a few back, but mm. he said he's going to have to diversify now because he's not going to get these captains of industry up to the airport. He's not going to not gonna have to pick up drunks in Gloucester, is he, after a night out now? Is that where he's going to go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I yeah, think, I, I think it's, it, yeah. that's an interesting point. Yeah. I, what I would say, I think the perfunctory meetings that are sort of, you know, formulaic, in and out, yeah. establish, you know, binary, we're doing this, we're not doing that. I think that there's a case for that. I do think in terms of depth of human connection, there's still a, a big place for interacting. Like mm. if you were to form a business with someone or a relationship, you'd want mm. to just be around them a little bit to get a sense of them, I think, rather than just a digital mm. connection. Because someone can put on a show for 10 minutes on the Zoom where it's harder to do that. They come into the office, having a cup of coffee, meeting, and just getting a sense sure. of people in a, a bond. I don't know whether you agree with that. I think maybe there'll be less sort of, um, I guess, you know, driving to London for two hours to meet with someone for 10 minutes than there was in the past. But there may be a case of, well, let's come down, let's have a, a morning together, let's spend yeah. some time and, and kind of form a, a connection. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because the, uh, the guys from BBC Radio Gloucester show, obviously I, I do the occasional co-coms, they're on their first away trip for months today, Forest Green um, over to... Bradford this afternoon. I mean, they've been doing the games from the uh, the away games uh, from the BBC Green Room and wow. uh, commentating off the screen. So uh, Ian Randall and Billy Hunt are actually on a train at the moment going to Bradford, and they're t they're like two little excited schoolboys. You know, they're going <laughs> back to a, back to an away game. So I mean, that's the way they've they've been doing yeah. it from. from from the studio so watching it's, difficult, the it's difficult off tube isn't it because i think it, like we're talking mm. about the the nuance of your conversation that behind the scenes mm. with with mark cooper and and chris stokes yeah. and actually that that's what people find intrigue, intrigue is the texture and the sort of reality of it and actually when you're doing off tube commentary you don't get a sense and obviously there's no crowd at the moment but the stands yeah. the weather mm. the breeze um looking down at the managers seeing what they're doing looking yeah. at substitutes mm. warming up you're only watching what the camera's looking at and that gives you a very narrow sort of band doesn't it bringing the yeah. experience to life which forest green fans at home in gloucestershire are thinking they want to maybe yeah. uh, to feel like they're there and if the commentator's not there it's hard to do yeah and what i've noticed when i've uh, listened to the, the commentary off off tube um you don't really have that passion or intensity in your voice when you're commentating in a in a green room looking at a screen yeah you know it's completely yeah. different um, particularly an empty stadium that you know the games in an yeah. empty stadium as well yeah. yeah have you have you been have you been to any games at i all? haven't no because we're studio based oh. i do feel lucky for that because i'm extroverted so for me i've got to speak to to lots of people in in the flesh and actually there's probably um not to get sort of medical about it and epidemiology epidemiological yeah. about it but actually there's probably good evidence of us the way we've operated sky studios for and kept sky sports news on the air and had people in the studios with the distancing we followed and uh and mask procedures when we're moving around we've had cases but we haven't ever had an outbreak of a group of people so for me there's actually precedent there for, that maybe people could extrapolate across other businesses and think you know what we can still do more stuff in person we just have to do it right i think that's the the key is just uh, maybe for even flu seasons and stuff going forward we'll be appreciative of that because mm. we all used to come down with the same bucks every, yeah, every winter yeah. so um well, there'll be a lesson there i mean I, I don't know about you ed but i've probably i'm in touch wood since covid this has probably been the healthiest i've ever been yeah yeah in terms of 
no colds, no coughs, um, which is a bit worrying, really, because you kind of want those things, don't you? To yeah, it's like of, working uh, out, isn't it, for your immune yeah. system? Yeah. Yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, mean, I would say that's commonplace for the majority of people, isn't it? This, yeah. This past year. Well, know. we've been exposed How to about a few. You? You've, been, you've been well? Yeah. I mean, nothing. I've picked up nothing at work. Well, I've picked up little bits and actually, usually it bounces off my wife and I because my daughter brings back stuff from school which presumably we, yeah, had when we were, yeah presumably we had when we were younger but um they've had the sniffles there they had quite a lot every time they go back they get because they're in and out it's like the hokey cokey at school for, for Zoe for her first starting school last year and, and her second year this year which is called year one confusingly yeah. but she she does get they get sniffles the first week or so every time they go back and then sometimes I feel like a little sore throat and I'm getting tested all the time at work so actually it's easier for me to know that it's not anything sinister. It's like COVID. It's, it's, it's just a sort of natural response, but I tend to kick it sort of in a day, just a sore throat where she'll be sniffly for a week or so, because it's, I guess it's just her. And that's an important yeah. thing for kids, isn't it? Develop. You have to go through that rite of passage almost sure. with your immune system, I guess. I'm, I'm going to have to look into your um, supplements that you mentioned. <laughs> well, some, yeah. Well, at some point, so. it's fun, yeah, it's funny because we've, um, we get a little bit of commission from that and obviously I do pay for yeah. the, my own supplements. So that's yeah. positive, but it's nice that I've always tried to, if I did promote anything on the podcast, I wanted to promote something that I actually believed in and used and yeah, have used them for, yeah. for 20 years. And my dad has, has bombarded yeah. me since the age of about 13 or 14 with the rationale and his, his science and being a doctor and, and uh, he's a doctor and isn't he yeah he's a gp and yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, studied, yeah. studied and lectured in nutrition as well and he just feels that um i think it's perception and reality and i think he genuinely believes that although there are cornerstones of a healthy diet which have been there forever that actually what we think is healthy like certain vegetables we might think are great but if they're non-organic they're raised with lots of fertilizers chemicals on soil that's been heavily farmed with industrial farming over a few years, the quality of that soil, the trace elements, the selenium, the zinc, things like that in there, that should be in there aren't necessarily in your spinach or carrot or whatever it might be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just sort of, yeah. Um, I was going to say, getting back to sport, well, I mean, vitamins are part of sport, I guess. <laughs> they are now. But, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I, I've felt extremely privileged this season, really, to be able to go to games, despite the you know the horrendous lack of atmosphere and very mm. flat sort of feeling but we got quite excited last Saturday because Forest Green were playing Bolton of course with it being on it was on Sky obviously mm. I guess did you get a chance to sort of catch it out of the corner of your eye were you working I, I did it I, I don't know where I was actually I did I, we did run it was a lunchtime kickoff on Sunday was it no it was Saturday. last Saturday yeah last noon kickoff I, I can't think. I don't think I watched it live. I can't think where I was actually last Saturday. Um, no. Cheltenham are playing tonight, aren't they? Live on Sky. I think, yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, uh, but we. I did actually when I drove across the beautiful Minchin Hampton Common and stopped off for an ice cream because that's what I do because there's an ice cream parlour on on the common. I, I did have a bit of anticipation about the game, which I I haven't felt all season because of a lack of a crowd, you know. Oh, and, uh, because of the because of the cameras and the sort of focus. I think it. it was because Sky were there, and when I rocked up and signed signed myself in, there was just so many more media. It was probably Forest Green's one of their biggest crowds of the season, really. <laughs> so with with, with the what, media that were there. What was the score then? Because. Because um, Forest Green have been a difficult run, haven't they? Is it one win in five? Yeah, yeah, they, they they can't they can't find the back of the net at the moment. So Bolton came away with a uh, with a one 0 win. Yeah, in their form, Cheltenham lost one 0 recently as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So Bolton have suddenly sort of uh, found a bit of form and look like they, you know, they could be back to back to better times, really. But I mean, they've fallen like a stone Bolton, haven't they? You yeah. Think two thousand and eight. I think they may have been in the yeah. Premier League. Then, so it's just, well established just, Premier League team for almost a decade, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. And that's when you have to pinch yourself and think, hey, the likes of Cheltenham and Forest Green are playing Bolton, Bradford, yeah, you know, Olden, Olden. Yes, you know, that's that's in my days. You know, that's three teams that you can remember. You might not remember, but Oldham being in in the Premier. League. No, I remember. I remember Andy Ritchie and yeah, Ian, Ian Marshall being up front for them. Wasn't yeah, it? And, yeah, the yeah. guy with the sort of curly mullet. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, and then yeah, yeah. FA Cup semi final against Man U. Remember Mark Hughes equaliser when I was a kid. That was a great. Play. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, surreal, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, a, that's, so, a, I mean, that's the majesty of English football, isn't it? That's why. We don't want to ring fence competitions because actually you can have that negative despair of a yeah. fall from Premier League to League Two, but you can there is the potential for the rise, which I know is more difficult for clubs the size of Cheltenham and Forest Green than perhaps potential. Yeah. Bolton can't be that big, and they're in a hugely competitive area in terms sure. of that, that Lancashire, Manchester area, aren't there? There's so many football clubs around there. So there was really a sort of like a, a high octane sort of energy th- throughout the game, even in the stands. I mean, it's it's it is quite interesting with that crowd. You definitely hear a lot more from the players and you can hear the manager. You know, the, the crowd will obviously mm. try, just uh, soften that, really, really. You won't hear it. But, yeah, you definitely hear a lot more. But also, it's funny, really, Ed, when, when the game's over, the players clearly sort of shake hands and stuff, but they have a bit of a chat with each other now. You know, ah, they don't yeah, go in that. straight away. So, yeah. and I mean, that's like... You often see it, don't you? But this is like, well, we just had a game of football and let's have a chat about it, really. So yeah. they feel less, so less, like inhib- less inhibited, less tribal, do you think, because of the... Yeah, I think so. In. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, it's just like a group of mates having a kickabout, really. So, mm. uh, But, it, you know, obviously it's still intense, but the moment the whistle's gone, they're all hands on hips having a bit of a chinwag, which yeah. is normally pretty much straight into the changing room. Well, I suppose there's, a, there's an empathy and a camaraderie there between even rival teams that they've been through quite a surreal, yeah. a surreal experience over the past 12 months where they've had to crack on where everyone else has stopped. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the big the big story really last Saturday was uh, losing Jamil Matt uh, mm. to horrific hand injury. I don't know if you no, saw it. I haven't seen it, no. No, no, no. Um, it was just innocuous, really. He actually ran into the Bolton player and yeah. with and caught his hand on the player's hip, and hip. Uh, yeah, yeah, he ran into his his hand. Yeah. Sort of his momentum carried him into the hip of the Bolton player, and um, the bones were sticking out of his hand. It's awful. You you actually heard the crack as well. So um, which so it was an which imp- it, it was an impact rather than a tear. Yeah, or a, a yeah, 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 yeah. There was there was nothing in it, and it was in the sort of middle of the pitch. Uh, within the first few minutes. So uh, he's a big, he was an important player for Forest Green as well. 16 goals this season. Um, big u- big unit, um, journeyman striker. Not sure if he's someone you've come across at all. I've heard, we've heard the name. We've done, so we yeah, have, yeah. It's we, one we of those all, names you're not going to forget. Yeah, yeah, we run all the goals over the weekend on Sky Sports News. So we always have to um, call the yeah. highlights per se. We've got, you know, highlights from every every game it's exciting league too isn't it because everyone's sort of stumbling i suppose apart from cambridge united have been on a good run but i was looking at it in yeah. forest green you're fifth aren't they but actually with games in hand it could potentially get back in the picture and and cheltenham could yeah. be top with their game in hand win but it's 
it's really tricky to assess. Yeah, I mean, you, when you looked at the table, Ed, you could probably say there's five to, five to six teams in, in with a chance of winning the league. So uh, that's that's how, how tight it is. But yeah, Forest Green have hit a bad patch. Um, in their defence, they've they've got a raft of injuries, five five or six players injured, lost Carl Winchester, the captain, obviously, in January to uh, Sunderland. And he, he was probably pound for pound the best midfield player in League Two. Um, mm. Obviously, Cheltenham fans will remember him as well. He was uh, a key player for them. Yeah. Uh, lost Lee Kitchen, uh, Luke Kitchen, uh, went to Barnsley in January. He was a very, very good defender. Boo Adams, really crucial central midfield player. He's out. Nicky Cadden, the winger from Scotland. So, um, you know, you don't want to use injuries as an excuse, but they've really been hit. But I think quite a lot of clubs have this season, Ed, and I'm, I'm sure it must be because of the Saturday, Tuesday throughout the season. Yeah. And do you think there's been a tension, the sort of stress with the situation as well, maybe underlying susceptibility to injury? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say so. So, yeah, it's been, uh, but it's, it's been like that from probably Cheltenham had their fair share of injuries as well. So, yeah, I guess yeah, and been, uh, Will like, Boyle's been out, Chris Hussey's been out, hasn't he, in different times? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's sort of, um, square, for, certainly for Forest Green, it's square pegs in round holes at the moment. So, what, uh, what's the atmosphere around the, the club in terms of its financial health at the moment? Because, uh, with the game at the Sky game would have brought them revenue, wouldn't it? What what has been the picture? Have you spoken to Dale Vince or anyone with with know how about that? How they how they're surviving? Yeah, well, they, they financially they've done very well behind the scenes this season. They've got uh, quite a dynamic CEO in charge, and he's brought a lot of sponsorship in this season. And obviously, really? with the green the green credentials, um, <laughs> yeah, people people want to be associated with them. So. Uh, you know, people like Innocent Drinks on. It's called the Innocent New Lord Stadium now. So, uh, yeah, no, they. I think they're probably one of the clubs that's. It's not really been an issue, really, Ed. You yeah. know this situation. So it, uh, they've, defi- they've definitely they've, they've stepped been... their game up. They've stepped their game up, really. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, an astonishing kind of wake up call for all of us to be prudent, and you never know quite what's going to happen. And had a quite sobering conversation with a family actually who were very successful but the husband's in entertainment and done well in events yeah. and I won't sort of say too much I'm going to give, give away who it is but actually you know they were saying they've had to go to food banks over the year for technicality they haven't been covered by any government handouts or anything like that and they've had to get food vouchers sent to them by friends and family uh, and just really is you know for no fault of their own it's just been it's been changing so it's amazing that Forest Green has pivoted like that into into the sponsorship realm and for the sponsors it, where is the exposure now if if people aren't at the grounds, is it more on the, the digital platforming of the, the club? Yeah, I, I, I would say say so 100%. I mean, um, I think the days of sort of adverts on hoardings are, yeah, still worthwhile around the ground, but it's it's the club pushing out the sponsor's message all the time, isn't it? Through, yeah. I say, social media. But, um, and you've got, you, you let's talk about your new project. Cause you've got... <laughs> You've struck the Stroud Times yeah. because you've. Where did the idea come from for the the paper? And it, it's an all round news and sport, isn't it? But I know you've got an old Forest Green manager on the, yeah, the front page thanks. at the moment. I, I was, yeah, yeah. I was um, I was hoping to plug that today, yet. So no, you should. We've got on that yeah. Sub- subject. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think when we when we spoke in the summer, I'd obviously had my couple of weeks in PR at Forest Green, which um, <laughs> didn't didn't quite work out work out for me personally. But then that was a lot to do with bereavement, as I spoke about from uh, friends and my stepfather, and losing a job after eighteen years at the Australian News and Journal. So I yeah. wasn't in a great place. So I think I just needed a total break. So, but during that time. I started thinking, A, what am I going to do next? Obviously, I've got the bits of freelance with Radio Gloucestershire and I supply Sky Sports with their match reports yeah. for via the Press Association. So Finest um, League Two match reports in the business, I reckon. Absolutely. And um, Star Game last week in the Football League paper. So um, not, awesome. don't know if that's one you would pick up, really, but it's a great... It's a great paper. I'm not sure how many people buy it these days, but you know, I'm still a big passionate fan yeah. of the paper. It's just a bible for the football league from the championship. Yeah. No, I should. You're right. I should do because we do we do cover the games, but you don't get the, the, the yeah. texture of of covering the games. Yeah. You need to read about yeah, it actually yeah, more in depth. Yeah. And, and I love a good match report as well. You know, I think that's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised mean, the athletic doesn't do that actually in their coverage of teams. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, Saturdays was the sort of match of the day in League Two, so. I had my brief on Friday from the uh, Press Association and it's basically 170 words on the whistle, mm. then a 800-word quote-led um, match overview with, with obviously obviously quotes and a 150-word post-match verdict. So Busy. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a few, it's over a 1,000 words for, for a Saturday and you've got tight deadlines as well. So... We normally, because um, you can't always interview two managers at once, I normally sort of dovetail with a guy called um, Jeff Taplin, who does stuff for the Sun. Mm. And so I'll get Coops and he'll he'll get he'll get the away manager. So that's the only way you can do it, really, Ed, in the yeah. in the time slot. Um, so, so when did you get to, when did you get the eight hundred word piece in for them? The, the oh, the eight hundred. Well, yeah, nine hundred and fifty. That was on. Saturday that needs to be in by six thirty. So yeah, you think fine. the game finishes? Yeah, you, the game finishes what quarter to five. But often the managers, you know what the managers are like. If they've lost, <laughs> they can, they can certainly keep you waiting. And also yeah. now you get also now you get kicked out of the stadium an hour after the, after the whistle. So um, wow, I, I I finished the the other week. I actually finished finished my report off sort of on the on the steps outside the stadium so uh, <laughs> it's that or outside the car yeah and you're relying on that quote quote led piece you're relying on good quotes as well aren't you so you're hoping yeah you are really aren't you? so I, I i must admit i had a tough one last saturday because there was the big story about jamil matt and the, the horror injury mm. or the fact that the uh bottle manager ian ever had uh, dedicated the game to frank worthington because Whoa, um, yeah um, and I said to Jeff Taplin, I'm not sure, really, because Jamil Matt's thing is pretty horrific. And but then Frank Worthington's a great line. Frank's just sadly passed. Yeah. Bolton legend. And he said, "Well, as you're doing it for the football league paper, etc." He said, "With all due respect to Jamil Matt, most people would have heard of Frank Worthington, you know." Yes. So yeah. you, you had to. I mean, it's a no-brainer, really, Ed. Yeah. But 
I think I probably had my forest green head on at the time. Yeah, the digital world's yeah. actually made made us more attuned, maybe in the in the sort of yeah. um, in in the, exactly. in the physical world, that actually to what people's eyes are drawn to, isn't it? I suppose people would be yeah. drawn to to Worthington as a, yeah, so as an iconic that, character. I, I mean, I can't remember what the uh, the headline was in the paper, but it was something pithy directed towards <laughs> towards uh, Frank Worthington. But yeah, um, I can just about remember Frank Worthington, but. That would be way before your. Uh, I don't remember him playing. Yeah, I remember. That. I mean, that goal's been shown yeah. ever since my childhood. Yeah. You know, that, that that juggling wonderful goal that he scored. Yeah. Is, uh, on and then volley, left left foot volley into the corner of the goal is sort of embraced yeah, like in my head. Thing, the thing you sometimes do in Twitter, where you say in the mind's eye and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, Frank's would be would certainly be up there for me. So uh, you get a good bit of reaction from that when you just ping that out, don't you? For yeah, I think people like it, don't they? I think those of yeah. us who are sort of steeped in football often think about little scenarios in our head and, and it's interesting to compare old and new and sometimes it's yeah. difficult as well because the changing of formation, certainly in the Premier League, is, you know, mm. you don't really have two strikers per se, central strikers, and the way we used to have partnerships in sort of up until probably 15 years ago. But it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's just nice to think if you if you do a blank canvas of a and, and Twitter keeps it condensed anyway, so you can't be too yeah. too verbose. And actually, then you just get people yeah. to think who would they see in that in that scenario. And often it's their club that they supported or just a goal that they remember. In, in and yeah. it's kind of, it is good. And I sometimes voice them actually for the podcast, just a little monologue to run through yeah. people's answers. Yeah, people quite yeah, yeah. People, people yeah. quite like listen to that because it's like ten minutes in the car that maybe you listen to. And, and if you're a football, yeah, it brings up interesting yeah. characters. It paints a picture as well, doesn't it? That you can picture that special goal. You know, yeah. the yeah. I mean, one for me is Glenn Hoddle's chip uh, yes. for Spurs against Wat Watford. So uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a guy called Steve Sherwood. Mark Halliwell would tell me because Mark Halliwell's a Watford fan, but I'm pretty certain <laughs> the goalkeeper was Steve Sherwood. But it was just such a beautiful goal. He just seemed to have all the time in the world, didn't he? Yes. So, yeah, and I uh, think. It, almost in a day in those days when we saw less goals, the ones that were magical because they would stay with us, wouldn't they? And they'd just be shown more on, on repeat when you did have match yeah, of the day or whatever it'd be, yeah. it'd be, it'd be, it'd be sort of front and center. But yeah, we met, I mentioned one of the ones from my childhood we mentioned earlier, Mark Hughes against Oldham in that in that cup semi final. Oh, and yeah, Hughes yeah. had a great, a great resume, a great showreel of, of wonderful volleys and, and different goals. So didn't his hair go gray quite quickly? I thought Mark Hughes, he'd just had that big mop <laughs> of black. Mullet, yeah, and it suddenly had white hair. So, do you think the volume was the volume drained drained the pigment from his hair? <laughs> <laughs> he should he should have come for some of your vitamins. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm going grey yeah. myself, but yeah, I think he and he also played to a, a ripe old age as well, which may have affected that perception. Yeah, so he played I, into I, his forties. Yeah, you know, we were saying about goals in the the mind eyes the other day when I interviewed Mark Cooper. Um, I know he's a big Leeds fan, and I know he's. Dad Terry Cooper, who was Leeds in England, an absolute legend in that Don Reavy side. Um, but obviously Peter Lorimer passed yeah. away. A lot of the yeah. Leeds fans have. Um, so I meant I thought I'm going to ask him about Peter Lorimer. And he gave such a lovely answer. He said when he was a little boy in Leeds, he had a little goal in the back garden and he used to just smash the ball into the net and shout <laughs> Lorimer, because Lorimer was known as yeah. hot shot Lorimer. So wow. um, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, a, I'm a Leeds fan as well, so it's just lovely to um, do some Leeds stuff occasionally with Forest Green because there, there is a connection. You know, oh, it's good. Well, it's a good connection to have as well. Yeah, with the, the manager Mark Cooper. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one with 
um, with memories and nostalgia and how much it evokes people. Because I don't want to live in the past, but there is that sense of. And I, I've read, read a book called In Glory, Man United, or In Glorious Manchester United, by yeah. a lawyer actually called Jamie McGill, and I put it on social media, and he he yeah. sort of crystallizes. He's I think six or seven years older than me, born in like seventy five, and he. Yeah has that period of, of the eighties up until the successful period and how, you know, maybe there's an analogy with the modern time as a United fan, where you're not quite sure how things are going to settle. Is there a foundation being built for a, a successful mm. team or is there, is there not, but there is, there's something about that nostalgia period between the ages of, I think he says seven and 14 as a young boy, at least yeah. way, where you didn't have any other distractions other than maybe schoolwork, but there was an obsession mm. with football that's hard to ever replicate. And I think you carry that romance with you and often you're, your most deepest profound memories and, the, and your affection for certain players is built around that era. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. Did you have, uh, when you were growing up, did you have like a, a favourite shirt number or a, you know, a player that you absolutely idolised? Who was, who were your people in well, your life? I, I think because generationally I was, what would I be? Eight, nine years younger than Ryan Giggs. And I remember him coming through when I was sort of, 10 11 or something you know he, he was 17 or whatever it was and then a teenager mm -hmm. and I remember just going to Old Trafford and being mesmerized by him mm -hmm. slaling him in slaling him down the pitch from left back mm -hmm. and, and this is kind of an analysis of modern football and in comparison one of the things that's changed and, and I always actually was an advocate of of science coming into football when you read books like Moneyball from baseball the importance of data mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe more sort of analysis to it but actually the, there are things about footballers who you remember who become I think um sort of entrenched in your in your heart and mind it's a it's sometimes intangible things like that that sort of dribbling from gigs the, the mm. sort of volleying and the control of Mark Hughes there's a kid going to Old Trafford my dad would drive us up three and a half hours from where we we're living mm. in the in the southwest and even on weeknights we go up and I remember five nil went over Sheffield Wednesday and I was 10 or something like that 10 11 and a volley from Hughes that went through Pressman's hands and smashed on the, the crossbar and into the goal. And so there's things that I think I remember like though that United team was fantastic. I, I liked 11 because of that. And I was left footed, but actually never as quick mm. as Ryan Kick. So I ended up getting played left back or left wing because I was left footed, but probably enjoyed more central midfield. So seven was always an iconic number, wasn't it? And then Cantona yeah. took that into the, the player in the hole. And Brian Robson at Manchester United had that before. He was just coming to the end of his career when, when uh, I was becoming a, a big fan, but it's, um, it's, yeah, I think seven and 11 were, were big numbers for me, which that's been diluted and changed, hasn't it? The, the, re the revenue yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Beckham's number now is an iconic number. Um, it wouldn't have been before, would it? In our day, it was one to 11. So yeah. 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 23. Beckham, I was yeah. like 10. I was like 10. I was. Did, yeah, well, you've got that on your Twitter handle, yeah. haven't you? I have, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The, the playmaker. That, that's changed, yeah. hasn't it? That's changed because it's not really... Who is the playmaker no. in a modern team? Yeah, it's difficult. If you're playing 4-3-3, yeah. three, three, it, it could be anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, shall I talk about what I've launched then, Ed? Yes, going, do it. I keep going off subject, don't I? So, yeah. um, it's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's Stroud Times. It's a online only subscription free, uh, devoid of uh, clickbait. Um, really positive news. Actually, we're we're not running anything to do with courts or crashes or deaths. You know, just a mm. more of a sort of community community based um, human interest uh, and quite a lot. Of, 
I'm trying to get a health section going. It's just sort of lifestyle thing, really. Um, nice. You know, people doing sort of really great things. And what I've noticed, I've noticed with, well, I wouldn't say they're my competitors, but a lot of papers now sort of online publications in, in Gloucestershire and throughout the country, they've kind of lost sight, in my opinion, of the people they serve and what, what those people want. Yeah. And they don't want clickbait. They don't want to read about Meghan Markle in, in, on a, you know, a local news website. So I just think it's all about the people. So that's what I've been trying to do. And it's been running now for three weeks. It feels like it's been going for years. Um, <laughs> well, how, how, on, much work, how much work are you putting into this then? Because you've got uh, other commitments I, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm non-stop at the moment. It's really sort of, you know, filled, filled my head up. So um, sometimes you've got to take walk away from it because we've just had such a tremendous response. Um, you know, obviously we need to make it work through advertising. And I've just had email and phone call after phone call from people saying, Ash, we really like it. We, we like its functionality. There's not, nothing popping up at us. It's smooth. It looks really nice. Can we advertise with you? And you're, you're just thinking, wow, because we haven't actually built up a strong audience yet. That's going to take time, you know, because yeah. it's only three, three weeks old. You but, have to commit. You have to commit uh, to the long term in the digital marketplace, in particular, don't you? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be consistent but, for over a period. But yeah, so people have really, really, really embraced it and seem to want to be part of it. I mean, day one, we started with obviously zero followers on Twitter. Mm. I followed it all day. Uh, by midnight, we'd gone from zero to 500. Wow, fantastic. In one, in, in one day. And now we're, we're getting probably 300. It's gone, in, you know, it's a big surge because it's the honeymoon period, I guess. But Yeah. Um, now we're getting like 200 a week. So it's, yeah. it's still growing. But, what is, the, what is yeah. the potential audience there, do you feel? How many people live in the Stroud area that, that would be sort of interested in the in the news um i mean it's a big, big i mean the, the population of um the Stroud district is i think it's just over a hundred thousand people so yeah, say, yeah it's significant yeah it is yeah it's surprising it's surprising really because it's spread out so far but yeah so i think there's there's certainly legs in it it's been well received we're, we're majoring heavily on video as well yeah but, but very very short videos um one of the things we've been doing is going out and speaking to cafe owners, pubs and, and shooting mm. short videos with them, seeing how they've coped with COVID in, in the last year and, and where the future lies for them, really, and how they've adapted their businesses. So there's, there, are, there are some great stories to tell. But what's there, quite interesting, sorry. Do you think there's been a renewed interest in, in local news, local affairs with the pandemic? Because physically people have been kept much more local, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I think people have adapted and they've adapted their businesses and, you know, there's plenty of uh, stories out there to be told. But, yeah, we've, um, we, yeah, like I said, we've found people have, uh, we're, we're just offering, we're trying to offer something a little bit different, Ed, than what's out there in, in the mainstream. And I think the fact that I've been embedded in the community at, at the paper for such a long time, you know, ne nearly yeah. two decades, people know me and they... Well, I like to think they like me um, <laughs> and um, they, they trust me. 
you know yeah uh, yeah but that's um, but that's so, hugely significant in the yeah. local media market isn't it because i don't I know if you listen so, to the yeah. podcast with with mark halliwell that we did and he's yeah. an experienced journalist and he was saying that he was writing content for south wales newspaper when he was based in a sort of yeah. um, a, a, a hermetically sealed room in worcester somewhere you know so it was it's just mm. it, it's amazing that the, the, the attitude has become so um mercenary hasn't it in local media that you, you just publish content and throw it out there it's actually someone like yourself who's got that that nuance yeah. that understanding of people that you can find great stories and, and great things that plug people yeah. into community because you are there physically and you've built up this yeah. connection with it mm. i mean I, my, 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 I feel that you've also, with content, um, less is more sometimes. And so we're aiming to put up three or four really good quality, interesting pieces rather than blast it with 12, 10 or 12 stories yeah. that aren't that exciting. So, um, but I mean, for instance, the other day I, I walked into Stroud. I live sort of 10 minutes walk from Stroud and I came back with um, two people want two people that I knew that had businesses in the town mm. saying we like what we're doing we want to advertise with you so it's just been incredible fantastic so, uh, you know I've got um, a couple of estate agents signed up who have rung and to get estate agents is incredible because you could obviously advertise on things like right move couldn't you so yeah uh, but, yeah but they but they want they want to come on board um well, how, did you, how, did you, how did you work about pricing advertising and things like that because that you know you're not worked on the business side of it before have you which I'm familiar yeah, with your mind no, no, cause, yeah because you know I, I'm wearing a journalist hat and a, a commercial manager hat at the moment so what I have done actually with some most of the um, companies that I've dealt with so far I've got personal relationships with them anyway to a certain yeah. extent you know so people I've known in the town you know the local the local estate agent manager or the shop owner people that i've gone in cafes that i go and get my flat white from you know it's people like that so there are those relationships and what i've what i've done ed is basically say to them this is what we can offer what would you like like to pay okay you know? so we've i've done it that way so probably means i'm not a very good salesman <laughs> but, but do you want to be consistent but you don't want to sort of someone else to pay three times as much as someone else to, that's a delicacy isn't it as well because you don't want yeah. to you know feel no. like someone's getting the same advertising space for less money but maybe it's proportionate to their yeah their, i think their once, income. Um, i mean a couple of the deals we've we've done we thought well yeah that it's got to be the same price for everybody really because businessmen talking town and they might say how much did you pay for that advert? And he said such and such, and the other guy's paying something different. So there's got to be parity across yeah. the uh, across the board. But I mean, interestingly, the other day um, I've built up a sort of online um, Twitter chat friendship with uh, Alex Petherum, who's the co-chairman at Gloucester City. Mm. And um, I messaged Alex the other day to say I've started this online website. Check it. Check it out um i said it'd be great if you could come on board but obviously you're not going to be able to because you're a gloucester-based businessman and we're we're looking at you know we've got to be stride and proud really yes uh alex replied um i'm at, i'm actually building in stride at the moment because um, alex has got alex has got a construction company uh called soldi and um they they've got i think they've got you know multi-million pound turnover i've not checked but a really really big company they basically build supermarkets okay so you know your sainsbury's your aldi's your littles um 
Wow. They're, they're, so, they're all different as well, those supermarkets. They must have got a, Yeah, got yeah. And um, Alex said to me, I'm actually building Lidl in Stroud at the moment. So nice. I was completely gobsmacked by that. Popped down on uh, Monday and we we shot. A, it's literally just happening. So it's just a, a big building site at the moment. Runs mm. along by the by the canal. It's in quite a picturesque spot. And they're working with the canal trusts and stuff like that. Um, we, we, we interviewed Alex and um, the colleague that I'm doing it with, the videographer, he had a drone. So we've, we, we clipped together some drone footage, a bit, of a, chat, a bit of a chat with Alex. It's got over 2000 views. So for a burgeoning website, that's pretty, pretty good. Really good. Um, and uh, I, I messaged Alex the next day with the clip and he was absolutely over the moon with it and he spoke very well on it he's, he's very comfortable in front of the camera and um i said to him it'd be great if you could help us with some sponsorship but no worries and he said well as a company soldi we we don't advertise but i i'm happy I'm yeah happy they wouldn't to need help. to if that clientele they no. wouldn't need to advertise would they? no yeah <laughs> no no um but he said we'd never advertise but i'm happy to um support you in your in your venture and um I said to him, well, how about having an advert? He's got another company called Gloucester Sport, mm. which is obviously Gloucester City come under that umbrella and the, the ladies team. And okay. they're hoping to launch a bas basketball team. I don't know if you'd seen that. No, I hadn't seen that. No. Well, BBL team or EBL team or something like that, probably. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I think it's yeah. Yeah, a pretty top team. Because yeah. at one stage they were going to, um, he was looking to buy the old Debenham site in Gloucester oh. and turn okay. that into an arena. But. I think the University of Gloucestershire have uh, purchased that recently. But, yeah, so I think Gloucester Sport, he's trying to make Gloucester Sport be a bit like Bristol Sport. Yeah. With yeah, the land, with the land yeah. bands. Yeah. So um, whether or not he can try and get a link in with Gloucester Rugby, I don't know. I can imagine Gloucester Rugby would be more of a standalone sort of thing. They're but, quite aloof, are they? They're the, the sort of giant of the area, aren't they, Gloucester? Yeah, rugby? yeah. But I, I like his sort of, you know, I mean, he's quite a fairly young guy in his early 40s. So, you know, he, he just seems to be totally driven by this. So anyway, he's he's going to kindly have a, a banner ad that says Gloucester Sport, which is a little bit away from Stride, I know, but it'll probably go on the sports pages. But yeah, well, so a lot, lot, a lot just, of people, a lot of people from Stroud would revolve around Gloucester, and yes, Stroud, wouldn't they as well? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it's been, you know, again, that's just been a, a, a lockdown friendship, really, via social media. But we've it was the first time we properly met, but it was like greeting an old friend, really. Yeah, well, we've so, met through um, we've met through social media and directly through other other people, haven't we? John Palmer, I think and so people many like people that, have so. this. So many people have yeah. this past year, haven't they? So, That's a real positive of it, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, so it's it's a it's super fun. I'm loving it. I feel like I've got my mojo back. Um, I'm confident that it's going to work because, as I said, people are embracing it. We're, I mean, next week, for instance, we're we're filming uh, the guy called Tom Smith from the editors. I'm not sure if you. Remember so, the editors' a, band? A band, yeah, yeah. It rings yeah, a bell. Band, I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's married to Edith Bowman. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, and uh, they live they live at Minchinhampton near the ice cream factory. He's teamed up with a guy called Rob Burrows from Razor Light. He was the drummer. In not Razor the rugby, Light. not the rugby league player. Different one. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. So uh, 
But yeah, that would be, I guess, their sort of early 2000 bands, really. Yeah, I remember, I'm, I know Razor, like, of course. I know he did yeah. Roman from MTV and the BBC as a presenter and a music sure, aficionado yeah. and everything. So and that's interesting she's here because Lily Allen lives in the Cotswolds, doesn't she? Or, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so they, they've teamed up as a Burroughs and Smith band. They've just got a, a single out. Um, I knew that um, Tom Smith lived, lived, lived locally with, obviously, Edith, but... The, the interview has come about due to my friend, the taxi driver, who said that um, <laughs> is Edith, mentioned to Edith yeah. that one of his mates has started this thing, and it's, it's all come that. So, again, it's these, these amazing connections. Yeah, the, digi- yeah, that's built on your human interaction over many years, amplified so. by the digital yeah. side of it now as well. It's a combination. Yeah, yeah like we said, it's, it's a circling back to the top of our conversation. So, I think the modern world will be a fusion of both, probably, you know both supporting each other the physical contact and the the digital connection yeah but it's such great fun ed and also you know you can call your own shots pretty much as well now, yeah which is great, you can run the stories you want ash you can't you don't have to pick yeah. them and someone tell you, you rebut them which is always frustrating isn't it or, or take ages to get back to you about whether you should pursue a story or something yeah like yeah that. i mean i might i'm sorry for waffling on but we had another brilliant one you with obviously outside sport back now yeah. which has been a godsend for people we um, we popped up to Minchinhampton New Course uh, Golf Club. Um, it was Monday, wasn't it, that we could all start to go outside again? Was it yes. Monday? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it seems like a, a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> again, one of my friends regularly plays golf. I'm name dropping again, but um, with Tony Adams, Keith Whoa. Allen, the actor, Keith Allen, the actor, and uh, the guy Patrick. I'm not, not sure I'm pronouncing this right, Baldini or Belladi. Oh, right. Um, he, he's appeared on um, Sky One with Stella. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they're based uh, around Stroud, are they? Tony Adams is yeah. based around Stroud. I didn't realise yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Patrick Baldini was the guy that played, he played, he danced in Saturday Night Fever in The Office. You remember that scene? <laughs> oh, where yeah. <laughs> yes. It was crazy. Yeah. So he's the guy that dances in the white suit. So. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So they all they all knock around and play golf together. Um, again, I've got it's not the taxi driver, but um, a good friend of mine plays regularly with them. So I rang him on Sunday and I said, "Are you teeing off on Monday?" He said, "Yeah, we we've got a slot." Um, it's it's and, interesting how many people move into this area, isn't it? There's Don Jolly actually yeah. bouncing around Chelsea yeah. quite often and yeah. stuff, and there's, yeah. there's a lot of people moving out this way actually from the the southeast. Yeah. So again. Um, we were we were allowed to pop up to the club. We had to check everything first, and uh, we did some filming with uh, yeah Keith and Patrick. Tony Adams couldn't come because he's not a member of Minch Club, so he wasn't oh, allowed no. to play. There's still those sort of things you can't even bring a guest. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the type, of, you know, that's the type of content we we want to do, really. Good man. Um, well, Minch, that's a lot more positive shine on Minch and Hampton because I think my own experience with Minch and Hampton was a root canal I had there. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, there's a root canal specialist. Dude. I can't remember the, doctor, the dentist's name, but oh yes, yes, down there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was well, actually, he was very good, but it was the the experience prior to that was pretty traumatic. So I got a dodgy filling and then a dodgy root canal on top of it, so I had to go right. for him for a remedy. Yeah. So yeah. that was a we've a, 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 a sort of eye opening. Uh, sort of sobering moment about the realities yeah. of dentistry and that the standard isn't consistent <laughs> across the board. No, no. We've, yeah. we've also, um, we're doing a thing called Stride and Proud and it's a bit like a, a 10 question thing, a bit like something the Guardian would run where you say, 
um, what, when, if, when were you at your most happiest? What was your proudest moment? What would you read on a desert island? You know, those sort of the generic questions, but really sort of scratching into people's, you know, under the surface of people. Yeah, everyone's uh, got empathy with that as well. Yeah, yeah, and it, they, people have really taken to that. And we, we actually kicked off, I thought the best one for a Stride and Proud was uh, Jack Russell, the, obviously the former yes. England and Gloucestershire cricketer. Yeah. Um, and his answers were absolutely fascinating. Wicketkeeper, wasn't he, Jack Russell? Yeah, the wicketkeeper, yeah. 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 Um, so he's a Stride boy. Um, still got like a one of the questions. Sorry? Still mustachioed, is he? Yeah, still mustachioed, still a bit of a mullet. And uh, oh, yeah, yes. hasn't really... Hasn't really changed. He's, he's put a little bit of timber on, but I guess <laughs> it, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. Um, but yeah, um, I know the, the fascinating um, answer he gave to one of the questions was I asked him when he was at his most happiest, mm. and he replied, playing cricket for Stride. I bet, yeah. It's amazing, and, isn't it? Uh, I thought not, not batting all day for England. With Michael Atherton in Australia, you know, mm. that didn't, but, and then I guess I thought about it and I guess it was the, you know, there was this, there was, there would be a lot of stress, wouldn't there, playing yeah. for England in Australia, but. Your life gets more complicated as you get older, doesn't it, as well, because you probably get a, <laughs> a wife or you get kids and you, you can't yeah. quite embrace it, that, that pure joy we talked about of being young and, and playing sport for the love of it. And actually, some people rekindle that older on, later on in life. It's amazing speaking to Colin Hendry recently on the podcast, former Blackburn Scotland defender. Yeah, yeah. Won the title in 95, and he still plays Saturday, Sunday, any five-a-side game he can get his hands on. He'll play, you know, pub standard football just to get a game. And he, he absolutely loves it in his mid to late 50s. And that was really um, inspiring fit, and, and refreshing, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we kind of had that the other week. Forest Green travelled to Cambridge, and Wes Hulaham was playing yeah. for... Cambridge um Wes absolutely bossed the game and he's 38 and um he scored Norwich absolute, legend yeah 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 at, um a, a steady Premier League player really Ed wasn't he mm, so yeah uh, but at League Two level I mean he must be just playing for fun you know yes. like you said with Colin Hendry so incredible it is it is and, and in terms of your contributors just quickly on, on the business side of it yeah. might be interested from a media perspective you've got the videographer you said mentioned there with a the drone are you paying people are you paying them in kind how does it how does it work because that's part of the juggling well, act isn't yeah it? um yeah i'm i'm classified as the sort of sole trader mm. and at the moment nobody's being paid so the videographer yeah. when, when we get to a certain point uh i would say probably three months down the line when the invoices are coming in and I think then he will. It will be a case of if I need him for a day, he will he will bill me. So, but at yeah. the moment we're both. It's it's a partnership really, and we we've, we've got an IT guy who is a photographer as well who built the website. So we're we're kind of a, a trio at the moment, but it's mainly sort of on my my shoulders. And you know, at some point we may need to get someone in commercially because I don't feel I can deal with both really at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm just dealing with friends, friends and acquaintances that have got businesses. But it's hard to I talk. It's hard to, I find it hard to talk money with people. Some people find it easy, don't they? Yeah. Even John Finnegan, who used to play with Cheltenham, said he'd go in and just go, Bosh, yeah. I want, Bosh, I want this, and um, not feel too insecure about it. But and I've got a friend who sells yeah. NBA rights for Europe, yeah. to, to Europe, European broadcasters, and mm -hmm. he's he's always been since we we've been known each other since we were teenagers. He's always been comfortable with talking money. Mm -hmm 
being open about it, pushing people in negotiation, not feeling awkward about it. But I've always had a difficulty, which has probably not always served me the best, but I've found out what other people are earning around me. But actually, yeah, you have to, you sometimes have to concede that as a, as a sort of yeah, I, talent I, for that. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I mean, no, no way am I a salesman. But I mm. think if you're re if you're real and honest, rather than a smarmy salesman, you're actually going to get further. I think if people yeah. have got, can empathise with you and and feel your honesty, you're going to be okay. Because I I did a well, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to call it a deal, but I discussed some um, partnership sponsorships with a company the other week and. Yeah uh they asked me how much it would be for the particular advert on the website and i said oh i was kind of thinking a hundred pounds a week mm. and then there was a pause the other end and because i explained you know we're new we're fresh but but everyone's you know passionate yeah. about it what people want to get involved with it they like yeah. it. yeah and so, if the audience yeah. is relevant to people in stroud if it's if it's a good yeah. fit that's yeah. the most important thing isn't yeah. it? it's not about total views it's about whether they're no no customers. no and um so i went for a hundred and i hated it i hated even talking yeah about it. yes yeah. luckily luckily it was somebody who i had a kind of relationship and you know there was something there before we weren't strangers mm. um so it could be a little bit easier they went very quiet and i went well i mean we could probably do 80 would probably be as low as we could go a week for it yeah and he turned around and said well, actually, we were thinking more £500 a week. Wow. And uh, I I said, oh, right, well, I've done myself out of that deal then, haven't I? <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, we've um, we, we've agreed something close to that. It's fantastic. So, and you're going to invoice, you're going to invoice these advertisers monthly, are you? Is that how you do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that's the plan. So, yeah, so we've got a few, a few more deals coming in. Um, I'm hoping to do a deal with a um, health vitamins company that's based in Stroud as well, long run, long running one. Um, oh, good. That, that, but what, what we want to do, we don't want to just take people's money. We want to, you know, partner up with them. And yeah. um, so I think the vitamins people will probably have a column and talking about different health stuff. Um, we've even got a mortgage column. A oh, wow. an independent, yeah. Well, that's practical. Practical. Yeah. Yeah an independent mortgage advisor um, who's writing a monthly column and taking some advertising out of that. So, and he's actually made mortgage advice quite interesting. Yeah. He's, he's got a flair for writing. And again, oh, so, though, Ed, that's a win, that's a win, a win though, isn't it? But you believe in him. You're not getting any person to contribute. You know, you know that person. No, so it's, um, yeah. And um, there's also more of a story about him because he's bizarrely, he's a Morris dancer as well. So um <laughs> You know, so we've definitely got him penciled in for some Morris dancing footage. It's very, very strident, really. Yeah, from but, the from the mundane to the sublime, that isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's a diff that shows you how different people are as individuals. You can work in mortgages, but you need you need that kind of release but, of of Morris dancing at the weekend. It's great. But again, I had a tenuous sort of friendship with him because he's a Forest Green fan. You oh, know, yeah, I Football, the lingua franca. Out. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, so um, no. It's, it, it, it's great. I, I, I couldn't be happier, really. So which, after a tough time, like everybody, it's a real a real tonic. And friends have noticed a change in me as well. You know, I mean, I, I've normally always been a pos quite a positive person when I bump into people, but w which we can all be a bit like that. We, but we can all be different when we shut the door, can't we? So, yes. Yeah. 
Well, no, absolutely. We go through ups and downs, and I think that's part of the, the picture. However happy we may be overall, you, you, everyone suffers from, from low yeah. moods and low times. I yeah. think that's that's an absolute honesty to it. And I think that's important to realise because otherwise, I think people match themselves against some of the standards that are portrayed in the social media sphere. Certainly, you have to be one hundred percent pumped and one hundred percent upbeat at all times. It's not not reality at all. But I'm, it's fantastic. You've got the project going. It's really good that you've done it in this time. And I think there is an increasing market with people looking local because of the pandemic's kept us physically local. We reference in our community and we're realizing the importance of community. And I think that's mm. that, that's fantastic you've done it. Well, I've got to let you go because I know it's a, it's a Forest Green yeah. game day against Bradford. Yeah. But um, Ash, great to speak to you. And I hope to speak to you soon. Good luck with stroudtimes.com, isn't it? That's the one, Ed. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. And we'll, we'll have to grab a coffee or a beer at some point. Absolutely. It's on. Yeah. Cheers, man. Okay. Oh, good for him. Fantastic to hear from Ash Loveridge that he's doing so well with StroudTimes.com. Read it, a few articles, and they're really good, actually. And see the video interviews on the website, and he's certainly pivoted and, and sort of embraced the digital sphere and hopefully will provide, and I, I no doubt will be, a really important source to the local community in Stroud and get that business person on board as well, because I know for myself, you're not that way inclined. Negotiating, talking money can be awkward, particularly if it's not been something that your family was necessarily into, the business sales side of things. It's really um, something that hasn't been in my blood, in my DNA. And I think there is people with that flair, just to be matter of fact, take the emotion out of it. And he's certainly getting the audience there and the attention, which is fantastic. Good for him. And please check out stroudtimes.com. Even if you don't live in, Gl in Gloucestershire, wherever you are in the world, it's a cool little project. And maybe that's the future of local journalism. Maybe the days of employing sort of 40, 50 people at a local paper have gone, 20, 30 people even. It's becoming that sort of one-man band but with contributors and people then get the profit from whatever it may be if you're promoting something you contribute an article if you've um if you can basically provide content that then drives audience and and people who want to advertise and it's great the advertisers are jumping on board early doors at stroudtimes.com check out their social media as he says they're on twitter as well uh, so great to get ash Loveridge's perspective how he's grown in this time and how he's pivoted and I think, you know, as I say, the sobering conversation, some people who've maintained employment said they've reveled in it. My friends spent way more time with their family at home with their kids. Again, we're not at an age where we're supposed to be going out clubbing all the time and drinking and socializing like we'd be at university or sixth form college. So I think it's a different time. We're lucky that we've been in our late 30s, my, my peer group at this time, largely with families. So that social side of it hasn't been dented as much as it would have been perhaps otherwise. And we've got family at home to have that vital community contact that you need, that human interaction. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a, a wild time and good to get Ash's perspective. Wish Forrest Green the best of luck playing Bradford today. Cheltenham against Tranmere live on Sky Sports. I'll be on Sky News later covering that. So thank you to Ash. Thank you to you for listening to the podcast. And thank you to my sponsors, again, who've um, never made the conversations awkward and appreciate their support throughout the pandemic era. It's Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation some really cool bang olufsen equipment housed in their store in normal times in their store in montpellier in the courtyard there but beyond that through serene av can offer you bespoke solutions to whatever home entertainment system you may want big screens so on and so forth done very delicate and interior design savvy way so to contact Jason Briggs and his team, B&O Cheltenham on social media, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham website, 
and they'll hit you up with a, a good quote and just have a consultation, you know, and, and steer you in the right direction, give you some ideas about what you might be looking to do as we still spend a lot of time at home. Good to get some good audio system as well, isn't it? Some good speakers, some good headphones. Uh, but thank you for them. And thank you to Cytoplan for the association with the podcast, food-based supplements that my father, Dr. Mark Draper, has worked for with, consulted with. We still pay for the supplements, I hasten to add, but we're very much a believer in, in their food-based supplements, particularly the Immune Complete range at the moment, if you're looking to optimize your immunity. And certainly we've had a big health wake-up over the past 12 months, haven't we? We want to get in tip-top condition for if, when the next wave of viruses, flus, hits. I think it's certainly good to be so, as, as well as we can be. And it maybe completes the picture on the foundation of good sleep, good diet, exercise. That supplement can just tip you in the in the right balance, uh, particularly with its trace elements, selenium and zinc and, and vitamin D and things that we may not be able to get from our food, however healthy superficially that food is. So cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And the discount code in association with the podcast is DRAPER10R, all capital letters, my last name, D-R-A. P-E-R, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R, which coincidentally, I think, is my middle name. It stands for Russell. Well, it doesn't for the discount, but it, that's my middle name is Russell. There you go. That's if you've listened all the way to the podcast, you get that tidbit of information. Thank you for listening to it. Appreciate it. If you could rate it on iTunes, let me know what you think as well. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. Be great to hear from you. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and supporting it. And have a great weekend, guys. Goodbye for now.